This is the Full Frontal Living Podcast. I'm your host, master coach, and emotional resiliency expert, Lisa Carpenter. I'm here to be your guide through real, raw conversations, navigating life as a high achiever. This show covers what it takes to create physical and emotional well-being, along with how to honor and partner with your body. I'm here to guide you to a connected relationship with yourself, turning self-care into a way of being and not just another task on your to-do list. After all, the things we love, we take care of. This podcast gives you permission to love what you do, but love yourself more. Welcome to the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Good morning, listeners, and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Full Frontal Living Podcast. Trying to get comfortable here in my chair. I'm actually recording in my office today and not out for my walk. However, because we are still, what is the date today? April 13th, my house is still filled with all the people, and hopefully you're not picking up on uh, my son's movie going on in the next room. This is life, though. This is our new normal as we navigate uh, this time of the pandemic. But today, I really do want to talk about the pandemic because I'm not sure if you guys are on board with me or not, but there's so much life still lifing around us. And I thought today it would just be fun to dive in and share with you something that really has nothing to do with COVID-19, this global pandemic, and um, you know what we're all kind of navigating. I thought today would be a really great day for me to just kind of debrief uh, my contest prep for you. So as you know, my show in LA was canceled. It was supposed to be on April 4th. The contest moved online. Deadline to enter was on April 11th. And I believe now they're hosting a virtual pay-per-view show coming up. I'm not sure on the details of that. If you're following me on Instagram, I'm sure I will post it over there. I'm not even sure how it's all working, to be honest. So if you voted for me on Instagram, first, thank you. I appreciate that so much. It was really touching to see how many of you are rooting for me. That really warmed my heart a lot. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. And I'm not sure once they move it into this pay-per-view form, if they'll be voting or how that's how that's going to work. And it's irrelevant because it wasn't the reason I did the show anyways. The virtual tour was just kind of a bonus that came out of it. But I want to talk a little bit more today about this journey going on stage to compete. And I've talked about it in many episodes before, so you can go back and listen to some of them. But it was never about, I don't like my body, I want to change my body. It was what is possible for me? What is possible for me if I choose to go back up on stage? What is possible for me if I get really committed and disciplined about my workouts again and lean into the discomfort of that? Because for many years, I was really focused on on competing and training and all of those things. And I was very, very disciplined, but the discipline wasn't coming from a healthy place. The discipline was coming from a place of not being good enough, constantly pushing myself, constantly reaching for my self-worth in my accomplishments and my doing. And this time it was really about 
what's possible for me and what can I really tap back into? Because part of this work on self-development, when we're letting go of old ways of being and we're stepping into new ways of being, there's a period of time where it's like you're kind of trying to find your new normal, very similar to what's going on in the world right now, right? It's this like awkward period of, you know, you, you don't really know which way is up and it, it's almost like you overcorrect, so to speak. So I went from being super driven and ambitious and all the doing to really softening and focusing on rest and recovery. And of course, that became imperative because I went through such a period of burnout because I had been doing overdoing it for so long and not tuning in and paying attention to how I was feeling. I talk about doing as a way we distract ourselves. It's just, you know, another numbing behavior. So this was really the decision to kind of come back to center. What what would it feel like for me to step back into my athletic roots? But with a different mindset around it because I've always I've always always loved to train and over the years that I've been growing my business and I you know opened my personal training studio back in the day my training kind of went on the back burner so I've always stayed active I've always eaten very healthy I've always you know I've written a, a book around it it's not that I don't know nutrition or understand it so I'd always really you know, taking good care of myself. But as I've gotten older, I was noticing my body change and it wasn't a, I don't like this. It was simply like paying attention to how my hormones and how I was feeling, all of those things were changing for me. So when I first reached out to my coach and you can follow her over on Instagram, it's your healthy hedonista. Her name is Michelle McDonald. I had reached out to her in June of 2018. And because I'd been following her message and I really liked it, but I wasn't sure, right? Because that part of me that was really scared to jump back into the discipline required. And at that time, I hadn't made the decision to compete. I just wanted to get serious about my training, but I wasn't ready to get back on stage or set any serious goals. And I remember Michelle said to me, you know, I don't work with women who are just, you know, wanting to kind of tighten up their butt, Lisa, because that's really what I was like. I was like, well, you know, my legs have really changed since I've gotten older. I'd like to get more shape back into my legs and my glutes because I've always been athletic. And, and she's like, you know, that's that's not the type of woman that I work with. And uh, so I really took a step back and I really thought about, well, what what do I want? And there was a part of me, if I'm being honest, that was afraid to acknowledge what I wanted. And I see this with women all the time. We're afraid to want what we want because what, you know, what will other people think of me? And in my case, I was like, well, if I want this and if I want to do this, is it out of integrity with the messaging that I actually bring to the women that I work with? And at the end of the day, it's not. I get to choose my path, and as I've said many, many, many times, there's a very big difference between being a competitive athlete and training to go up on stage versus the average Joe wanting to just really feel good in their skin and love their body. Not everybody has to work at 
the level that I'm working at. Counting macros is not for everybody. And in fact, for many of the women who come to work with me, that's not even someplace I would start with them because so much needs to be healed around the inner beliefs that they're carrying around food in their bodies before we can even get to that place. So just know everybody has their own journey here. So that was in June of 2018. And I sat with that for a year, a year before I circled back around to Michelle and said, okay, I'm ready to do this. And she was opening up registration in her, um, her six month transformational program. And again, I was coming in there because I really wanted to see what was possible for me because I knew I wanted to get on stage. And this was a perfect place for me to kind of get my sea legs back underneath me, understand the training, understand how she worked. It was kind of like that baby step for me. And once I got in the room and we started working on things, there was a lot of, I came up against a lot of resistance. There was a lot of resistance in me around wanting to track my macros Um, But I also know that when we don't look at the data, when we don't track the data, we don't see great results. So because I was going for a very specific result, I knew that this was something that I needed to lean into. And I had to tell you, you know, 12 years ago when I was competing, there were no apps available to do this. There were... I mean, I had a Excel spreadsheet that I had to plunk everything in and then it all added up for me. And it was, it was so laborious to compete 12 years ago and, and track macros, which is what I used to do. So nowadays we have so many tools that make it so easy for us. I use an app called my macros and I can just kind of plan out everything in there. So lo and behold, as we started this process, I really discovered that Tracking my macros gives me a tremendous amount of freedom. And I also took a step back, and and I've talked about this on previous episodes, around how it really sunk me into where am I not looking at the data in other areas of my life, specifically in my business. So when I came home to my competitive athletic roots, it really sunk me back into the energies that I needed to embody and embrace again after swinging too far the other way when I was correcting my behaviors. I, I've come back to center where now they're very healthy for me and they offer a lot of freedom and possibility. That's what um, really came out of this. So anyways, I digress. So I wanted to unpack a little bit so you could get behind the scenes of what this looked like. So I officially started my prep at the end of December. I remember we were over in Tofino for New Year's and, you know, I was trying to organize my food and stuff such on that family holiday. So that's when prep really began. And then the show was on supposed to be on April 4th. So I want to talk about some of the things that worked for me during this prep and some of the things that didn't work for me. Number one, and this applies to every single one of you listening, sleep became my number one strategy for success, sleep and rest. So what really worked is getting to bed early and getting to the gym early. I really needed that good solid sleep and I couldn't really play around with that at all. Because if I wasn't rested, it really impacted my training, but it really also impacted my recovery. 
And if you're not recovering, it's very hard to go back into the gym and, you know, challenge yourself again. And to be honest, and I've talked about this on many episodes, it is so hard to manage your mindset if you are tired. If, if I could wave a magic wand and somebody said to me, you can, you know, if, if you want to support women, Lisa, you can give them one thing. And if you give them this one thing, you know, that's the only thing you can give them. What would be most life-changing? I would wave my magic wand and I would make sure that every woman out there got a solid eight hours sleep. Okay. So going to bed early, really challenging myself to get into bed early so I could be at the gym early was really, really important because what also mattered was that I got everything done in the morning. So some competitors will split up their training. I tried that. I didn't love it. And I didn't love it because I found it felt like it was interrupting my day. And if I didn't finish my training in the morning, it was kind of that nagging thing that was hanging there because I couldn't just not do it. I had to make sure that I got back to the gym. So it was really important for me that I got to the gym in the morning and I got everything done in one go. I am definitely not a workout in the afternoon person. If I can tick a box and be complete and feel like I'm winning at the start of the day, that is huge for me. So kudos to my fellow athletes who can work all day and then get to the gym. I tried that once and I was so exhausted just from thinking about the fact that I had to go to the gym. It was like, you know, I talk about decision fatigue having that weighing on me that, oh, I still need to go to the gym. I have to make sure I get that done because it had to be a priority. I just found that exhausting, totally, totally exhausting. So late workouts for me were a no-go as I found them incredibly emotionally draining. They were really, um, didn't work for my mindset. So what also worked for me was reaching out to my coach and not really doing cardio on days where I was doing heavy leg days. I just found it was too much. I was in the gym for too long. And even I have a threshold of, I need to get out of here as much as I love the gym. Um, there were days where I just too much. I wanted to be able to focus on one workout without having to do cardio on those days. And, you know, a great coach will work with you to help you find the way that's going to allow you to win. And I think that that's really, really important. The other thing that was very uh, important and was a strategy for success was I typically prepped a couple breakfasts in a row. So because I'm working from home, I don't need to have my meals all packed and ready to go. I know a lot of competitors do that. But I did prep my breakfast in advance so that when I got up in the morning, all I had to do was reach into the fridge and grab them and take them with me to the gym. So I would do my cardio and then I would sit at the gym and I would eat my breakfast. Not ideal because I don't particularly like eating cold food at the gym. But because that, because I had made the commitment to get everything done in the morning, that was the compromise I had to make. I had had to eat at the gym. It was a choice. So I didn't make it a big deal. It just was what it was during that time. So prepping my breakfast in advance so I could just grab and go was just, I mean, it was such a time saver. So for all of you sitting back going, oh my God, Lisa, food prep, it takes so long. 
Trust me when I tell you that the amount of time you're spending thinking about what you should or shouldn't eat or what you're going to eat uh, is taking up a lot more bandwidth. Whereas if you just make a decision about what you're going to eat and it's prepared and ready in the fridge, you're good to go. So my prep just looked like I always had different things cooked, whether, you know, my proteins were cooked up, my veggies were cut up, um, you know, my rice was cooked. I, I had all the things that I needed all ready to go. I just had to toss them together based on what I had tracked the night before. And that was another key thing for me is the night before I had my food tracked for the next day. Now, it doesn't mean that I couldn't change my mind the next day. I'm a big believer in choice. And I did change my mind sometimes. And that wasn't a big deal because it simply meant that I could take out one meal and then add in what I wanted. But because it was tracked, it wasn't causing me decision fatigue. Because if I didn't want to think about it, I just ate what I'd already logged and it was no big deal. The other thing is I made sure that my food tasted really good and I enjoyed it. So I was not living off of, you know, egg whites and yams. Hell no for this girl. I was having really um, meals that I really, really enjoyed, whether it was, you know, green beans with a spicy chili sauce on it mixed with, you know, chicken and flaxseed oil and all that kind of good stuff. Or, you know, one of the meals that I just had before I ran up to record this podcast was smoked salmon, some cream cheese, some avocado hummus, carrots, cucumbers, and peppers. And it was such a delicious little snacky lunch. So I didn't take out all my carbs. I still had things like pancakes pre-training and post-training. So there is a lot to be said about knowing what macronutrients, which is your proteins, carbohydrates, and fats, and knowing when to best utilize them with when you're being active. And this is something that I've talked about for years. I have women come to me all the time who tell me they're eating healthy. And if I had a nickel for every time I heard that, there's a really big difference between eating healthy and eating for body composition change. And the truth is the majority of women, A, are not eating enough and B, are missing like significantly missing macronutrients. I see so many women who don't get in their EFAs, who are not eating enough protein and are completely um, in left field about what eating carbohydrates looks like. So if you're confused about what that is, uh, you can head over to Amazon, amazon.com or .ca, wherever you are in the world, and just look up a copy of my book. It's called Let's Eat, Break the Addiction to Dieting lose weight and make peace with food in your body for life. It's a really foundational place to start in terms of the mindset work around food in your body and really understanding the different macronutrients if you're confused because there are so many different diets out there, but all of like if you really strip all different diets back, the best ones focus on your proteins, your carbohydrates, and your fats and understanding how to work with them. It's not about not eating any of them. It's about how to work with them and how to work with your body. Remember, food is fuel and medicine for your body. So it's not about depriving yourself of anything. And I was not about to go through prep being deprived. And again, with the addition of all these new amazing apps, I'm like, oh, it's never been so easy to track your food. 
you just have to stop making it mean anything. Okay, so I'm going to say that again. What meaning are you giving it to planning your food? What stories do you tell yourself about having to plan your foods or plan your meal? Does that spin you into, well, I don't I don't get to choose then or that's too restrictive? What specifically is restrictive about it? Because you're planning your groceries anyways. What's the big deal about having a plan about what you're going to eat? If you want to get from point A to point B, you have to know the steps you need to take in order to get to point B, period, end of story, okay? This applies in so many different areas of your life. All right, what else supported me? So I changed up the facilities I was training at a lot. I had uh, two or three different spaces that I was going to, depending on what exercises my coach had programmed in for me. And I just found the variety of spaces and environment and different faces was really motivating for me instead of, you know, the same people and the same facility and the same types of machines all the time. So that was really, that really, really worked for me. I spent, uh, over 180 hours between weight training and cardio in the gym. So that's a significant amount of hours. And I want you to understand that your environment impacts you. So if you don't like the environment that you're working in, playing in, training in, that's going to have a huge impact on whether or not you stay consistent. So give yourself what you need. For me, it was a big investment for me to compete. And I wanted to make sure every part of that really was working for me. So if it meant spending a little bit of extra money so that I could drop in in different places to have that variety and that freshness, that's what I did. What also worked for me, and this was very, this is why I won't be, con, uh, this is why I won't be competing again this year, is I worked my business around my prep. Meaning I didn't add my prep on top of my already busy life, which let me word that again, because I don't consider myself busy. I have a full life doing things that I really, really love. So I didn't squeeze in competing as just another cog in the wheel. I created the space so that I could do it with as much grace and ease and rest as possible. I did not want to add stress or strain to my day because that just, that's not, that wouldn't have been an integrity with what I teach and how I show up in the world. So I really cleared up my schedule. I move clients around. I usually work AB weeks, which means one week I see clients and then the following week my schedule is quite open so I can work behind the scenes in my business, whether it's social media content or, um, you know, programs that I'm putting together, whatever it may be. But during contest prep, I moved things around so that I didn't have too many clients on one given day because I never really knew, you know, what my capacity was going to be. And I always wanted to make sure that I was showing up as my best self for my family and for my clients, for my business. It's important to me and, and for the podcast. So I really opened up my schedule. I said no to anything that did not serve me having space. 
So it meant saying no to a mastermind trip. It meant saying no to summits that I was asked to do. Uh, and it meant also really limiting who was able to get on my schedule. So the clients that I had were the clients that I kept. And I didn't really take on uh, anybody new during that time unless I already had a pre-existing relationship with them. So that allowed me to really control my schedule. So if I needed an extra day off, I could move things around and take it. Now, I understand I like I have built my life by design. This isn't by luck or by chance. I have spent years creating the vision that I had for my life. And I don't just pile things onto my life now. I'm very intentional about how I put things on my schedule. And competing was one of those things. And that's why I won't be competing again next year because there is no space on my schedule to give it the time that it needs and the commitment and the dedication. So you think about that over 180 hours, give or take, probably more than what I, you know, I'm just going by kind of my loose logs here for my Apple Watch. That's a lot of hours that I had to create. And I watch a lot of women who want to go into stuff like this and they just pile competing on top of a busy life without actually taking an inventory and saying to themselves, what am I going to say no to? So that really worked for me. So I will plan this again next year because typically the beginning of the year is it's, I don't want to say it's a quieter time of year for me, but it, it's just a really great time to carve out space for prep. Whereas as I go through the year, it's really quite full. And I don't want to be uh, going through contest prep in the summer. I want to be enjoying my family and my time with friends. So it's really important that I time it in a period of my life or the season where it's kind of more of a hibernating season, so to speak. So things that didn't work. I found that there's I need to create space so that one or two mornings a week I can sleep in. So instead of being up early, early, I, ha I have to make time next year to just sleep in. Not so much because I wasn't rested, but more because I want to kind of roll over and just hang out with my partner. So it was a lot of my family because every morning I was up and out and my partner would get up and, you know, get Jake up and ready and off to school. And I would FaceTime from the gym and say good morning to my little guy and, and my hubby. But it was it was a lot on the family to do that. Now, I also realized that they're more than capable of doing that. So I didn't have any guilt about it. But it, I was missing my family in the morning. I was missing seeing my little guy like truly off to school in the morning, giving him a hug. And, you know, a couple mornings a week next, next year, I'm going to have to squeeze in or put on the schedule so that I can have that time in the morning to just, you know, curl up with my hubby instead of being out the door because I was at the gym uh, seven days a week for the most part. So, and I'd love to incorporate my family into my training more now that we're exercising at home because of what's going on in the world. My hubby and I have been doing a lot of exercise kind of side by side. He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing, but I've really enjoyed having him along for the ride. So if I can, you know, bring him along next time, even to just have a buddy to do cardio with or be at the gym with me, I think that that's going to make it even more enjoyable. One of the other things I should say that really, really worked um, for this prep was 
finding a series. This was, it was game of Thrones that I watched. Um, and that just made it so easy to go to the gym because I wanted to watch the next episode when I was doing my cardio. Now I did bomb through all of them. So I ended up having to watch other shows, but now that I'm not at the gym and in the morning, I'm realizing how much I enjoyed that time of just chilling out and disappearing into, you know, whatever show I was watching while I was moving my feet because I don't, I'm not a TV watcher. I'm not really a big show watcher other than my reality, you know, cake decorating shows. So it was just, I'm missing that time. I never thought I would miss doing cardio or that time on the machines, but that was really kind of my downtime that I could justify because I had to be there getting my cardio in uh, at all or all the time. Uh, I found that as I got leaner, so as my body fat went down, I really needed to be in more machines, especially when we were talking about lower body stuff. So things like squats and deadlifts weren't feeling so good for me. Uh, as you get leaner, you can definitely feel your injuries more. So we made a decision to hop me into machines because I wanted to make sure my coach was adamant as well that we stayed out of any type of possibility of injuring myself. So much less possibility of injuring myself in a machine. The other thing that didn't really work for me that I will change next time is doing a launch during my prep. So I launched Weight Loss From Within when I was towards the end of my prep. And it was such an amazing group of women. And we it was just it's just a phenomenal program, but next time I want to make sure that when I am launching that program again, it really gets a bigger container. And when I'm doing prep, I want to just be focused on prep and nothing else. So the other thing that I will make sure is as I get closer to being on stage, it was actually really, really helpful to have more client calls. So let me explain what I mean by that. When your calories are coming down and you've got less body fat to peel off, you're hungry. There's a lot of discomfort around getting ready to go on stage. That's why, um, you know, weight loss and getting ready to compete are very, very different things. So I was, I was hungry. I was hungry. Now, our bodies always follow our mind. And when you are strong between the ears you can do a lot. So a lot of this came down to being able to distract myself. Now, here's the thing. I love, I love, love what I do. I am so fortunate to have carved out such a beautiful career getting to do the work I do with the women that I work with. And as soon as I got on a coaching call, I am so in the zone. I am so in the pocket of what I'm doing. I don't have time to think about being hungry because I am 100% focused on what's in front of me and the, you know, the, the coaching call that I'm in. So I actually found the closer I got to stage, I really enjoyed having people on my calendar. And the days where I had, you know, because I had carved out all this space to do this, the days that I didn't have clients on my calendar were much more challenging days for me to get through mentally because I had to find other ways to distract myself. And doing social media 
or writing or, you know, working on the other stuff in my business is not nearly as distracting or as rewarding as getting on a coaching call. So next year, I will definitely make sure that I, you know, I'm still not going to put five clients on one day. That would not be okay. But I could definitely not spread my clients out as much as I had. And I can definitely, I know next year that I have the capacity to be working with more one-to-one clients while I'm prepping and still have more than enough time to do everything that I need to do. So that was, um, that was something that I'll be looking at changing next year. What else did I want to share with you guys? Oh, a key, a key thing that I realized pretty early on is once I was finished prepping and, and, you know, getting my food organized for the next couple of days in front of me, it was really important that I got out of the kitchen. (laughs) Nothing good happens when you hang out in the kitchen too long. And although, you know, I spent a significant amount of time in the kitchen, I could have spent less time in the kitchen. I could have gotten much more efficient with my prep, with the kind of get in and get out. um, Because distracting myself with being in the kitchen wasn't a super effective strategy, right? Because if you're in the kitchen, you just want to eat. And when you're hungry, that's not a a great place to hang out. So that also needs to change. The last thing that I will be working on much harder over the course of the year is posing. So and this goes far beyond just being able to walk in high heels, ladies. So I can rock high heels. But I let me tell you, when it came time to really work on my posing, and I had a local posing coach, uh, her name is Heidi Cannon. She's amazing. If you need a posing coach, reach out and I will I will uh, hook you up. Uh, and I also worked with a second posing coach just before I submitted my video to the virtual tour. Posing is hard. So these poses that, that these women can do, and you're just like, wow, look at her. She looks like so phenomenal. Let me tell you, my butt was cramping, my hamstrings were cramping, my back hurt. Everything is sore from posing. And you really have to be able to nail your poses without having a mirror in front of you. And posing is all about you know, after you've worked so hard in the gym, I'd work so hard in the gym. When you go up on stage and you're standing up against other girls who also look phenomenal, right? Like show me a competitor who doesn't look amazing. My job as an athlete is to make sure that I am showing off my physique in the best way possible. So it's not about how can I pose better than the girl to the to my right. It's how can I pose in a way that's really going to show off my best assets, so to speak. Hard work. Hard work. And I can honestly say that I did not put as much time and effort into that as I should have. I think the cocky part of me was like, oh, this is no big deal. I've got it. Right. So every night I would practice before I went to bed, I would throw on my high heels and, you know, stomp it out and hit those poses. But when it came to thinking about getting up on stage, uh, I wasn't ready. I wouldn't have been ready. My posing would not have been nailed the way I want it to be nailed. So, you know, at first I thought, well, why do we need a posing routine? Like we're just going out there and like, you know, walk in the runway. Now I understand because you don't want to walk out on the runway 
making it up. You want your body to literally snap into action. So this is why athletes practice so that it can just become second nature. So I will be working harder this year on learning how to really master the art of posing and being a model and no longer telling myself the story that that's not possible for me. Of course it is. But who would have thought that learning the art of posing would be the edge that would take me outside of my comfort zone so far? So that, my friends, is my debrief of my contest prep. And now I am on a reverse diet, which means we are slowly increasing my calories so that I can put on some weight, but try and keep body fat levels. Uh, How do I put this? We want my weight to come up, but we don't want to add any body fat or minimal body fat. You cannot gain weight without gaining some body fat, and you certainly can't gain lean mass without adding body fat, but it's keeping the body fat to a minimum. So a lot of competitors come off stage and then they just start eating whatever they want. And pretty soon, you know, they've packed on a ton of weight that they don't want. That is not the gamut that I want to run. I have done that in the past. It is very, very hard on your metabolism when you just come out of contest prep and you just go back to eating whatever. And let's face it, I don't eat whatever. I never have. That's would be completely out of integrity with how I, you know, show up in the world. So eating healthy is really important to me. But the the reverse diet is actually much more emotionally challenging than getting ready to go on stage because, you know, there's no real end goal. So it's still tracking and logging and really relying hard on the habits that I've built, getting very, very clear on my why because now we'll go into a building phase for 2021. And I'd love to be able to go on stage with a little bit more lean mass on my body because I am tiny. I am pocket size. So, you know, this year I would have walked on stage well under 100 pounds. And if I can walk on stage looking the way I look this year, but with an extra five pounds of lean mass, it's it, I mean, that would just be an amazing accomplishment because one, it's very hard for women to put on lean mass, especially as we get older. Um, and two, it would really just like, it's going to be so much fun. And I know that sounds a little bit, might sound a little bit crazy to you, but I love being in the gym. I love lifting heavy. I love now that my strength is coming back. Cause of course I'm eating more. So even though I'm working out in my living room, I'm definitely seeing st- strength gains which is amazing. And just, again, I'm here to show myself what is possible at 47. And now I'll be going on stage at 48. And how, like, can I beat my physique from this year to next year? Right. And it's, I'm not creating oxygen here, people, right. This is my hobby. This is what I do for fun. And it's such an amazing anchor. Those habits that I have cultivated in the gym with my nutrition, with my training are directly correlated to the success that I'm also seeing in my business because the same principles apply. Chop wood, carry water. I've said this over and over again. It's doing the boring same things every single day, day in, 
and day out. So doing the ordinary extraordinarily well, that's what will yield you phenomenal results. And that's also why in this time of the pandemic, I'm not freaking out in my business or looking at how I can pivot or how I can change anything. I'm just staying the course and doing what I do, talking about what I talk about, sharing with you from the heart, knowing that my business is going to continue to grow and thrive because now, like no time ever before, people are starting to look at why their physical and emotional well-being needs to be a priority. Hopefully you are getting that, that we have to stop trying to avoid getting sick and we have to focus on how can I be the wellest version of myself, the healthiest version of myself. So if you are drowning in fear and worry and anxiety right now, that is not an emotionally well place to be. And there's no judgment. I'm simply saying you don't need to be there. I know this because I used to live from that place. I also know that if you're wanting to have a better relationship with your body, whether it's losing weight or just feeling better, that's possible for you too. And you don't have to do it by shaming yourself, um, by hating on your body, by beating yourself up, by starving yourself. None of that. You don't have to use any of that. When you actually start to partner with your body and honor the amazing piece of machinery that you are given, like think about that. It does everything for you. It keeps you alive. It creates new blood. Your bones can repair themselves. You get to see, you get to hear, you get to feel your world. This is amazing piece of machinery you were given. Are you really honoring it? Are you really taking care of it like your most treasured possession and belonging? Because you should be. And if you're not, you need to step back and take a look at why that is. So life is all about looking at what's working for you and what's not working for you. And in this time, we are all getting a chance to pause and reflect on what is working and what isn't working and what we want for ourselves on the other side of this. You can create anything you want. You can truly create anything you want if you're willing to put in the work, right? And the work doesn't necessarily have to be like, oh my God, grueling hard, I'm going to burn myself out. It means the work the daily, like I said, the ordinary work, doing it extraordinary well, that actually is the work. That's harder, is staying the course. That's the work, staying the course and becoming the person who can stay the course when things aren't fun and exciting, that you still stay the course. So I'm going to be sharing over the year this journey, the reverse diet and going into my build um, and staying focused on a goal now that won't be until April of 2021. But let's see what's possible. And in the meantime, I'm going to keep showing up on here. I'm going to be talking about topics that are relevant to you guys slowing down to being, you know, ambitious and driven and being okay with wanting what you want, but coming at it from a place of really loving yourself and caring about yourself, not making decisions from a place of not feeling like you're good enough or not worthy enough or what's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Nobody's fixed. Nobody's broken and we don't need fixing. That's what I meant to say. So there you go. There is my recap of how I transformed from December until April 
Um, you know, my, my pictures are posted up on Instagram. My coach just gave me a shout out on her Instagram feed. Again, it's at your healthy hedonista. And you can see my physical transformation from June of 2018, when I first submitted a picture to her and said, okay, this is where I'm at now. And then I didn't actually start till the year after. Um, But it'll give you a really good idea of what is possible for anybody at any age. So until next time, take good care of you. Please remember that even during this time, and in fact, this time is the best time to make sure that you are making yourself a priority. So whatever that looks like for you, carve out that time because doing more isn't going to help you feel better. Getting in tune with what's really going on for you, what's working and what's not working, and what it is you really want for your life. How do you want to feel? That's going to get you the results that you want once you know what it is you want. And that's what changed for me. When I finally made that decision that I wanted to go on stage, then I was able to take action towards making that happen. So if you are needing support, getting yourself out of the weeds, or you're really looking at your own physical and emotional well-being and knowing that you are on the road to burnout if you aren't already there, and just not feeling great in your body, then reach out head over to my website, lisacarpenter.ca forward slash WWM and apply to work with me for a session. You would be amazed to know what we can transform in a single hour session. And it could very well be the thing that pushes you over the edge that moves you into a place of actually taking some action. If we can shift some of the beliefs that are holding you back. So have a wonderful Monday be grateful. This too shall pass. And uh, we're all going to be okay on the other side, whatever that looks like. And I will see you on the next episode.